Thank you, and welcome to Writer's Reason, where today we will be covering delivering on the premise, secondary stories, and creating a feel with less. I'm your host, Rick Phelps. Thanks for joining me. Okay, guys, thank you and welcome to another episode of Writer's Reason. Last week, we covered Act 1 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, so this week, we'll continue on covering the first half of Act 2. After the all-too-important catalyst, we ended by hearing Harry's reaction to Hagrid's declaration, You're a wizard. Because the catalyst was a positive one, we saw the debate turn into a moment of unbelief or denial on Harry's part. This feeling persists as he wakes up and tries to hedge his hopes, telling himself he dreamed it all. This moment bleeds into the first beat we will cover today, the moment called Break into Two. The catalyst is when the story comes and disrupts the character's status quo life. They typically shy away from the change, as is natural, but this doesn't last forever. They eventually have to make a decision, and because stories are about motivated people changing, they usually decide to make the best of their new situation. In Harry Potter's story, this was an easy decision. We get the tag along as Harry accompanies Hagrid to the amazing Diagon Alley as Harry takes one of the classic break-into-two approaches, acceptance. Now we have to realize that Harry has lived a very normal life, thank you very much, and it's all been shattered by the new revelation that there is an entire wizarding world hiding behind the third brick in the alley. It is only natural to doubt and question, but I feel that Rowling did a very good job balancing the denial and questioning with the break into two. I've read good stories with very interesting characters, but the debate scenes seem to stretch on and on with the character taking what seems like multiple chapters to finally accept what they could obviously see. Despite this being completely out of the ordinary, what might have been better would be for the writer to hint at the longevity of the denial rather than actually show it over several chapters. As we get our first glimpse into the magical world, we come into the section of the book called Fun and Games. In the Save the Cat story structure, there are 15 beats, but some beats are more like sections of the book and have other beats nestled inside them. The setup span of the first 10% and the Fun and Games takes it from there to the 50% mark. One of the biggest goals of the fun and games is to deliver on the premise of the book. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone promises a fantastic, magical world where Harry gets to learn spells. For this book, J.K. Rowling used one chapter for a prologue, three for the setup, including the catalyst and debate, and now we get five for the fun and games. During the fun and games, we see a common beat called the B-story character. The premise of the book, the external conflict, is what some writers refer to as the A story. The internal conflict and journey is what they term the B story. The B story character is the person, animal, or sometimes even object that helps the protagonist through the process of change. And they embody everything that is act two. But what if there is no flaw to overcome? No internal story, because Harry is meant to be a surrogate. In this case, it seems as though Rowling has replaced a large internal journey with a journey of discovery, one the reader will go on, continuing the theme of the audience surrogate. Here's a thought that might better explain what is going on. The book Save the Cat Writes a Novel describes the B story as the character's progression along the theme. It's them learning the lesson, 
However, I've read other sources which describe any secondary story, theme-related or not, as a B story, or C story, and so on. Some stories consider different types of conflict in the story as different storylines that can be separated in this way, whether or not they carry any lesson or theme. I would input my opinion as a longtime reader that I very much enjoy watching characters discover their flaws and overcome them. However, for some stories this can look wildly different, and for some, as we see here, they may not be required at all. If you take The Hunger Games, for example, Katniss is joined by Peeta Malark, the B-story character, who helps her learn to be active rather than passive in resisting the capital. This theme is relatively simple compared to the themes and lessons the characters of other stories must learn, like Bill Murray's character Phil in Groundhog Day. The theme there is complicated, including what is most important in life. It is more central to the plot. So here is one consideration that may or may not help. When thinking of characters and the journey you would like them to go on, consider how in-depth your story allows, or even requires. For Phil in Groundhog Day, it was central to the plot. For Katniss, it was very much secondary. If you have a lot of plot that creates its own external tension and conflict, remember that adding too much of a B story could detract from the A story, which is what the reader picked the book up for anyway. So returning to Harry Potter, when Ron asks to sit with Harry on the train in the journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters, he definitely is the B story character. Ron embodies the wizarding world, serving as a guide to Harry and the audience. It's important to note that while J.K. Rowling put this particular beat at the traditional point in the story, it is one of the most flexible beats of the system. For instance, some of the most popular stories let the protagonist meet the B-story character before the catalyst. This change-up could be the most common with romance stories because the catalyst often is meeting that person. And in romances, it is most often the love interest who changes them. Another beat sometimes included is called the pinch point, where the antagonistic force gets its first light show. For Harry Potter, however, the antagonistic force is a bit of a complicated topic, because there is more than one. Because this is a series, there is more than one plotline in play. But we will examine it in the context of this book alone. While Voldemort is the enemy in the end, through most of this book, Harry is being attacked by Draco Malfoy, someone we meet in the Diagon Alley chapter. It is not a very crazy pinch point in that Harry is not in any danger and Draco doesn't threaten or insult Harry, but it's Harry's first glimpse into the darker side of this new world. It's not all smiles and spells. Wizards are still people and some kids still get bullied. But now, I would like to focus on something particular when it comes to delivering on the premise of the book. For this story, the pre simple premise could be easily said as a boy learns he is a wizard and is sent to a wizarding school to learn magic. J.K. Rowling does a great job of delivering, giving us classes, a castle, spells, and dozens of new characters to get to know. There is a lot we can learn from what she did in this section, but here are a couple lessons I took away. It doesn't take much to create the feel. I've often felt like I need to use multiple scenes to get one feeling or mood. Like, for example, if I had written these scenes... I would have probably felt like I needed to show multiple full scenes of classes, multiple scenes in the Great Hall, and at least one in the common room to get the feel of Hogwarts across. But Rowling didn't use that many, and yet we still get to feel the fullness of the magic. We get one scene in Charms, 
one in potions, one in the great hall, and one in the common room if you count the little mention of Christmas spent playing wizard's chess. Far less than I thought would have been necessary. We haven't even seen harpology, defense against the dark arts, astrology, or even heard mention of anything else. Even the bit that includes transfiguration is barely there. It's not even a scene, really, just a paragraph in the beginning of the potions chapter. There is also a mention of defense against the dark arts, but it's only a short thing with no spells or magic at all. This is far from a detriment, I think. It shows how effective a writer can be at establishing world, a setting, or even delivering on the premise just through the simple mentions and minimal scenes. A scene is more than just the setting. Of course, this seems a very obvious lesson, but is it really? Sometimes we might think about ways to display our setting through scenes and obstacles that are geared only to do that. But we see through this book that Rowling always carried the plot forward. She always developed characters along the way and did more than just display the world. It can be a guilty pleasure to showcase the setting in just the way you want, but think about some of the favorite scenes in this book. Diagonale, classes, the castle, all of them are seen through the lens of the plot. They are seen as the story progresses. Of course, not every bit of the setting progresses the story. These ones typically get less attention and just passing paragraphs. Think about the contrast we already discussed. Charms class versus transfiguration class. The charms class progresses the story because we get a development. Remember what happened? Ron and Hermione argue about the famous pronunciation of Wingardium Leviosa. And afterward, the sting sends Hermione to the girl's bathroom crying to await the troll that seals the friendship. We get a whole scene because of the progress. Now compare that to transfiguration class when we see Hermione almost transfigure her match into a needle. That's all that happens and so that's all that's needed. A simple paragraph in the setup portion of the Potions Master chapter. Rowling could have showed us more with a traditional full scene and with conflict and the whole lot using 500 to 1000 words but it would be a dead end scene not progressing the story, so she chose to showcase what was needed and leave the rest to our imagination. So up until this point, we've seen Harry, the bullied boy under the stairs, turn to Harry Potter, the boy who lived. But not everything goes well for our young hero. In the next episode, we will cover his descent to the lowest point of the story, the all is lost. And there we have it, guys. Hopefully you've learned something today about delivering on the premise, be stories, or creating a feel with less. This has been Writer's Reason. Thanks for listening.